This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're taking a chill pill in episode number 185. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hey mama, I am so glad to have you listening to this episode with me. We are going to talk about stress during pregnancy and how it affects your baby, and perhaps more importantly, some things that you can do about the inevitable stress in everybody's life. My name is Kristen Burgess, and I work with pregnant and new mamas who want to have great pregnancies, who want to have beautiful natural births, and who want to intentionally create a healthy, happy family and a healthy and happy home. Many, many women experience stress during pregnancy, and they also experience a lot of guilt that goes along with it, or maybe you've experienced this feeling of guilt or this feeling of hopelessness or even helplessness when you think, well, I know that stress isn't good for my baby, but life is stressful. It is important to understand how stress really affects babies and what you can do to mitigate the effects of stress. When you think through this, when you understand more about this, when you're done listening to this episode, you're going to feel calmer. You're going to have more coping tools that will help you during pregnancy and throughout motherhood because you're right. Life doesn't slow down for most of us and it can end up being stressful. So this episode is all geared towards helping you understand how stress affects your baby and even young children and what you could do about that. I do want to give a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode because I'm going to describe some of the feelings that occur when you're feeling a lot of stress or when you're reacting to a situation that makes you uncomfortable. So I want you to realize that because I know that just that description in and of itself could bring back memories for you that could be difficult. So I want you to go into that fully prepared. And if you don't feel like right now is a time that you can process or want to deal with that, feel free to listen to this episode later when you're in a better place or when you're with somebody supportive. Okay, so pregnancy stress has an impact on our babies, but it's not really the guilt-inducing issue that many of us think that it is. Studies have shown that stress, especially chronic stress, can have an impact on both moms and babies. But some long-believed impacts are not shown to have the level of effect that they once did. And especially, we've learned that we can do things to mitigate those effects. For example, we know that stress does not appear to impact a baby's birth weight, and that was something that was believed for a long time. And I personally believe this is me. This is not anything that I've got supported in the literature. This is my hypothesis as somebody who's been working with pregnant and new mamas for almost 17 years at this point. But I believe that stress impacts other things, such as our nutrition, our ability to nourish ourselves and take care of ourselves, and that might have an impact on baby's birth weight. But from what we can see from studies, real studies, it doesn't appear to have a direct impact on baby physically, but we know that it does seem to have some impacts on baby, and it's good to be aware of it. We also once thought that profound trauma would impair for life. Like if you've experienced profound trauma, like abuse situations, that it could be an impairment for life. And I'm a survivor of profound trauma and have kids who have gone through profound trauma. And while I do believe that it has an impact and there's always an awareness that's needed to be had about that, I've also seen where strong support structures and focused work on healing has really made a night and day difference. For me, we're about four and a half years away from probably the most profoundly traumatic situation and time period of my life. 
and or the start of it. And I can see a night and day difference where I am right now as I'm recording this at the beginning of a new homeschool year and just looking at the difference in me, my homeschool, my kids, how they're doing, how they're thriving. And I still see impacts and effects, but I'm also greatly encouraged that having support and good teams and good guidance has helped us. So I want that to encourage you that if you have profound trauma, and especially if you still struggle with some of the after effects of that, I have a diagnosis of um, complex PTSD. So I definitely get it that it feels like it impacts all the time and you're dealing with it all the time. But I can tell you that healing can come, that you can learn coping mechanisms and things like that. And it can be really powerful, even as you go into the intensity of mothering, because mothering is really intense. It requires a lot of you and it's difficult. Believe me, I know I found myself in a situation after profound trauma of parenting eight young people alone. That's a lot. Um, It's still a lot. I still have six at home, but you can do it. So I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail too much, but I just want to encourage you that if you're thinking, well, you're talking about regular run-of-the-mill stress, Kristen, but I've got all this stuff. I had all this awful stuff happen to me as a child and this, that, and the other. I want to encourage you that while that will always make a mark on you and can always impact your life, I believe that we can heal and we can move forward and we can be stronger and even learn and grow in ways that are incredible when you look back at where you came from. So I just want to encourage you. And with that, let's move on and really dig into this topic. So a lot of times we think, okay, if I have a pregnancy that's filled with chronic worry or I'm always worried or I'm always tense, maybe you have relationship issues and you're thinking about, you know, there's a lot of stress and tension for my relationship and it's impacting my baby in the womb and it's impacting my baby when baby is born. Yes, like I said, pregnancy stress does have an impact on babies, but it's not completely what we think. So your emotional world impacts your baby's development. And you want to think about, like, you want to think about it, what is my baby marinating in every single day? Uh, Imprinting does happen as our babies are growing in the womb and they're feeling, so you feel feelings, And you may think I'm just feeling feelings, but if you stop and think about it, when you feel feelings, and I'm going to dig into this a little bit more um, later on in the episode, but as you feel feelings, it's causing actual changes to your body physiologically and your baby experiences those. So you want to think about that and think about what is the tone and feeling that you have in your body most of the time, because that's what baby is marinating in. But that isn't the end of the story. There is a lot that you can do and cultivate in yourself. And that's what I really want you to take away from this episode. Because pregnancy and parenting offer you marvelous opportunities for personal growth and also intentional recreation of yourself as a person. I mean, I teach women how to have a healthy pregnancy and a really healthy baby. I always tell women, I'm going to teach you how to have a beautiful natural birth, but I can't guarantee it because there's always chance. But I can pretty much guarantee you a healthy baby if you follow these steps because it's true. But I think that as I've walked through these years and years and years of helping women, I really feel much more passionate about the fact that motherhood brings an incredible opportunity for growth. And that begins in pregnancy, 
birth is a huge part of it. It's not the end of it. It's kind of like a commencement. But, you know, it's like you think about high school graduation. You work so hard to get there, but that's a commencement ceremony when you graduate. That means you're going forth to a whole new adventure. And so it's like that a lot. It's your pregnancy and your birth are really powerful experiences that can be a catalyst for a really powerful mothering experience. But all of this you know, it's all—it's about your baby, of course, and what you're doing for your child. I think every single day about my kids, including the ones that are not at home, especially the ones that are at home still, what can I do to help them grow into happy, healthy adults who are able to help and make our world a better place? I think about that. But I also realize what a profound gift I've been given in my growth and development as a person. And I want to impart that to you, that this experience is a really big experience for you. And even as we talk through how stress impacts our baby, it circles back around to that because what it becomes is how stress impacts you and how you deal with that. And that allows you to become better, to create a better environment for your baby, but also for yourself because the skills, the coping mechanisms, the things that you learn now, the boundary setting that you learn will benefit you for your entire life and it will help you as your mother this little person and it will help you as you're out in the world independent of this little person and who they are. So babies have implicit memory until they're about 18 months old. This is an unconscious memory. Like think about things that you do without thinking about them. Like a daily commute, you usually don't think about, okay, I need to turn here and I need to, it just happens because you do it every day. You don't think about tying your shoes. You don't think about riding a bike. If you shop at the same store all the time, you don't really think about where you're going in the store. That's implicit memory. And babies are gaining this kind of memory from the womb. They remember what happens to them. And they also remember what happens to you because while they're in the womb, you are their world. And babies even have implicit memories about the birthing experience. So as we think about pregnancy and birth, we always do want to think about two people being involved and two people having these experiences experiences and let that heighten your awareness. A good place to start with this, a good practical thing to take from this right from the get-go is mindfulness. Starting to understand and be aware of yourself. And I know that mindful, I, I feel like, you know, mindfulness, I think came from Buddhism, but I could be incorrect on that. So somebody can correct me if you need to. That's where it originally came from. But we talk about it a lot now because it really is a good thing. It's something that many faith traditions have practiced, which is the, just this being aware of what's going on around you and in you and just stopping and being aware, being present. And that is a good thing to do. It's a good thing to practice for yourself. Understand your moods, understand your states of being and decide that you're going to consciously cultivate who you are. There is a belief that I can't change my personality. I can't change who I am. I can't change how I react. That's just how I am. But I want to challenge you to consider that that is a belief, but it's not the only belief. I can tell you that I feel like I myself have a long way to go, but I really do believe that in the past few years, particularly in the past few months, I've been able to change so much about how I perceive the world and how I think about my life and how I deal with it just because I decided 
that I wanted to shift, that I wanted to be more grateful, that I wanted to have more love, that I wanted to look. I pray almost every morning, God, help me love my children more, and God, help me to see things differently. Like if I have a stressful situation, right now my academics are feeling really stressful and overwhelming, and I just want to finish my stupid degree, but I'm praying every morning, you know, Lord, please help me see things differently. Please help me see this through your eyes. And I truly believe that prayer gets answered. And I feel like another thing, this is going to sound silly. I'm being, you know, vulnerable with you guys. I, I want to smile more. Like, I feel like I don't smile enough around my house. And so that's another thing that I've been praying is help me smile more. And throughout the day, I'll just get a remember, like a memory or a, a, you know, a little nudge. Smile more, Kristen. Smile, Kristen. Smile, Kristen. And so I'll smile. I know I like when I'm talking with you ladies or when I'm doing the live videos in the Facebook group, I smile because I love to teach. Uh, but I feel like I don't smile enough with my kids just because, you know, the day-to-day hecticness of life with, with children is craziness. And there's so much going on. And so you forget to smile. So I've just been trying to remember to smile. And I've been smiling more. And I don't beat myself up when I realize, oh, I haven't smiled for three hours. I just start smiling. And it really helps. It really makes a difference. So that's what I want to encourage you is to not to consider the belief that people have that, oh, your personality is who you are at birth and blah, 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 blah. But there's also belief that I can become a more grateful person. I can be a happier person. I can enjoy life more. I can be a more relaxed person, even with everything going on. This is, it's difficult, but it's something that can happen. Another thing that has helped me recently is one of the classes that I'm taking for my degree is an, um, uh, a cultural intelligence class. So I've had to interview people and study other cultures, which I think is really good for me, especially because I'm talking to women all over the world. But learning that different cultures just have a completely different worldview and way of looking at the world. They have different value systems. They have different family systems. They have different orientations for their days and how they perceive time and relationship has been really eye-opening for me and helped me step back and go, you know what? Even though there's a lot going on in my life and it's hectic, I don't have to be tense and stressed and uptight all the time. There are going to be times that I blow it, like when my internet was down and I had a math exam that was due a few days ago, I really blew it and lost my temper with my kids. But again, it's just you let go of that. You say, okay, I'm going to work on changing. What can I learn from this situation? So all of that is to say that a big thing that I want you to hold on to as you listen to this is that even if you feel like you're tense and stressed right now and life is throwing a lot at you, that you can choose how you respond. And even if you change in incremental small ways and you do a little better today and a little better tomorrow and then the next day you totally flub it, but you get back up and you try again, you can really do that. And the reason why I'm saying you and focusing on you is number one, because this podcast is addressed to you as a mama, but number two It's because while you may not have control over all of the external circumstances, you really do have control over how you choose to react to them. And sometimes we're all going to blow it and the stress is going to get to us. But I want what I want to encourage you is that you can work on building the habit of having healthier stress responses, which benefits your baby in the womb and it benefits your baby on the outside and it benefits you through all of the ups and downs of mothering. So just consider those things. All right, so let's talk a little bit more particularly about the chemical effects of stress and how we shift from those chemical impacts on our baby 
to make things, uh, you know, to, to make it so that that effect is mitigated and even goes away. So a lot of what I've learned about how stress impacts the unborn baby comes from Karen Strange. She teaches NRP, which is neonatal resuscitation, and she has done a lot of research on how stress impacts the baby, how stressful birth impacts the baby, and how moms and babies can heal following stressful situations and events. And so she talks a lot about stress on the baby, and my favorite way that she teaches it is she tells tells you to think about it this way. So imagine you're in the car and you're driving and somebody pulls out in front of you. Like think about how you feel. I can tell you my kids and I went to the zoo last weekend and when we were coming home there was this big white truck. We're on the freeway going 70 miles an hour and there's it's a lot of traffic because we were just coming out of the city where the zoo was at. So there wasn't a lot of wiggle room on the freeway. And this big old white truck comes barreling down on me. I mean, I know that if I had had to slam on the brakes, that truck would have, you know, been crashing into my rear end. And I've got, you know, my six precious children in the car. And I can't go anywhere or do anything because I'm boxed in with this, you know, crazy guy behind me. So you can imagine, imagine that situation or imagine somebody pulls out in front of you or imagine you have to slam on the brakes Think about how your body responds to that. There's tension and stress and like your heart rate goes through the roof and like you feel the blood rushing in your ears and all of those things. That is a massive stress response. What has happened to your body physiologically, uh, your endocrine system, which is your hormones, fire at that point. And cortisol, which is a stress hormone, floods your body. Adrenaline, which is the fight or flight hormone, floods your body. Those hormones are good. They're protective. What they do is prepare you to get out of that stressful situation. They are preparing you to preserve your life. So they are a good thing. But what happens when your body goes into that fight or flight response is that it shuts down other things that aren't quote unquote critical to helping you survive this instant of extreme stress or danger. And one of the things that stops is brain development. So if you're pregnant and you're having those cortisol rushes and those adrenaline rushes and those, those really stressful feelings really often, then that sort of thing is it's kind of stopping baby's development on some levels because all of that energy is going to fight or flight. And I know that this can feel a little bit guilt-inducing Especially if you feel like, like for me, when I'm not in a traffic situation, but I'm really stressed out at home, like I can kind of feel my blood pressure go up and like I just, I tell my kids I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack because I feel so stressed out. And that's like a, it doesn't happen every day and I'm doing a lot better, but that's the kind of situation where like even at home, that is a situation where those stress hormones are firing you're super stressed out. You feel like you're seeing red. That would be an expression that means that. You feel like you're going to have a heart attack. You feel like your blood pressure is up. Like you're just, you're, you know, your head just feels fuzzy and, and pressure everywhere. That's another one of those stress feelings where those hormones are all flooding and surging. So those situations are situations that you want to recognize and say, okay, this is a situation where my body, my, like the primally, my body is stepping up to the plate to protect me. 
But that protection comes with a cost for other systems in my body and for things that are going on with my baby's body. And also everything that you're feeling, all of those hormones and things, they're flooding your baby as well. So you want to help. You don't want to feel guilty for that because stress happens. And I'm going to come back and talk about that in more detail. But you want to help baby shift out of that. So your priority is not to eliminate the stress. And again, I'll talk about that in more detail in a few minutes. Your priority isn't to eliminate the stress. Though if there are stressful situations you can eliminate, I would encourage you to do that. But that's not your focus because stress happens. Like there's no way driving out of the city that, I mean, I if I had driven a few minutes later or a few minutes earlier, I would have avoided the idiot in the white truck. But really, I had no control over that situation. It was just going to happen. Or you have to slam on the brakes because somebody pulls out in front of you or something. In general, you don't have control over those situations. They just happen. So your goal is to learn how to shift out of those. Now, these steps for shifting come from Karen, and I, I really like them. So she says, first, change the environment. So in the car situation or scenario, what she recommends is that you pull over into a parking lot or somewhere safe as soon as you can, especially if you're really worked up and really upset like shaky. Pull over so that you're not driving anymore. Put the car in park. That is a good change of environment. It's a change of the situation. And then you want to breathe and kind of center yourself. So An important thing, what many of us do when we're in stressful situations is our body's experiencing feelings, but we're really not connected with our body because we're just in that fight or flight place. And so what you want to do is connect with your body. So feel your bottom on the seat of the car. Feel your feet on the floor. If you're at home and you're upset at your kids or something, I'm a complete advocate of mom taking a minute to go to the bathroom and close and lock the door. And... You know, feel your feet on the tile in the bathroom. Put your hand on the wall and just lean against the wall for a minute and feel the wall. Or put your hands on the counter and just breathe. Feel the counter. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel your breath moving through you. Just give yourself a minute to tune into your body and what your body's feeling and to breathe. And to start to center yourself. I know many people say that, you know, taking deep breaths doesn't work for me, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's because we take breaths the same way that my kids take breaths when I tell them. If I'm giving my kids a correction and they're really, really, really having a difficult time, you know, if it's a small correction, this isn't in there. But if they're having a hard time, if they're having a hard time being under control, then I'll usually include taking breaths in the correction. And oftentimes it's like, (laughs) okay, mom, I took the deep breaths. Okay, so that isn't going to help. What's going to help is really consciously feeling your feet on the floor, feeling your hands on the counter against the wall, on the steering wheel, feeling your bottom on the seat, you know, leaning against the wall, feeling your head and your back against the wall. And then letting yourself breathe and starting to bring that air into those places and contact those places. Like making a conscious decision that I'm feeling tension, this is stressful, but I'm going to let go of some of that in my body. That really helps. So you've taken a minute, you've changed the situation, and you've started grounding yourself and calming down. 
the next step that you want to take is to change the chemical signature. So adrenaline and cortisol are those heart is racing, blood is pounding, you know, you feel that flush, your head feels like it's buzzing or is about to explode, you feel tense, you may feel scared or fearful or panicky. So you start to calm down from that and now you want to shift that hormonal chemical signature completely. And what you want to shift it to, ideally, is oxytocin. You probably know that oxytocin is the feel-good hormone Pregnant mamas have a lot of oxytocin. Birthing mamas who haven't had any interventions have a seriously huge amount of oxytocin, enough to give people a contact high in the room while they're birthing their babies. It's really just phenomenal and impressive. So again, you, you want to change and shift. That's really the ideal one. Now I talked about what adrenaline and cortisol and those stressy things feel like. And so I want to share with you what oxytocin feels like. So oxytocin feels like those warm, tingly, feel-good feelings. And how do you get there from when you're stressed out? You want to think about or do something that helps bring those warm, tingly feelings. I love Karen's example with the car. I can hear her saying it while she's in the lecture hall teaching. You know, she says... She's sitting there modeling, pretending like she's the pregnant mom in the car who had somebody pull out in front of her. And so she's rubbing her imaginary belly and she's taking her deep breaths and she says, okay, baby, let's go get ice cream. And like she smiles when she says that. I smiled when I said that. Everybody in the room, all the other midwives and student midwives smile when she says that. So that's a simple one, like thinking about ice cream or a meal that you love or, you know, anything like that. Um, I like, uh, I, I read a book on relationships that talked about if you're feeling stressed in your relationship, but it's a relationship you really want to work on, like you're, you guys aren't communicating well, but it's a relationship that's worth working on. And she talks about imagining kind of your perfect day. And like just giving yourself the gift of taking a little bit of time one day to think about your perfect day with your lover, your partner, your husband or whatever. And then she encourages you to go back in that kind of imaginary day and think of three things about that that you really liked. So it could be the look in your husband's eyes or how cute he looks in his boxers getting out of the shower or that you two went window shopping together or walked along the beach or something like that. You know, it could be anything. But what she's going for is the same thing with Karen's ice cream is that you have those things and when you're feeling stressed and tense and you walk away and you take a minute to breathe, you take a minute to think about like, you know, how cute he looks in his boxers or for our kids. One of the things that can give me a smile is thinking about how adorable and angelic they look when they're sleeping or I think about how they react when I surprise them with something. Right, so one an example is my kids. Um, our our homeschool curriculum is a literature based curriculum, so they read a lot of books, and we have a lot of physical copy books, but we also read some of them on ebook. And I had gotten a couple of older Nook Barnes and Noble Nook readers for my boys because I have a bunch of kids who are using e readers now, and we only had one. Kindle. And so I chose to get some older nooks because they were friendly on the budget and they don't have an internet connection, which is something I like, but I could still load books on them. Well, Honor ended up really, really, really liking those and the way that it displayed the books and you can create bookshelves and everything. So I found another used one on eBay for her, but I didn't tell her and I got it all set up for her. 
And then the next day when she did her school and I was giving her like her handwriting sheets and other uh, worksheets that she would need for the day, I also said, oh, what's this? And in her little pocket where I have her daily sheets, I had the ebook reader slipped into that little pocket and like just the look on her face as she lit up, she was so excited. And so that is a memory for me that when I'm having a tough time, particularly with my kids, thinking about that. Another thing for me is thinking about their excitement over our read-alouds or thinking about how much they love being in the kitchen. I love that my kids love being in the kitchen because I love being in the kitchen cooking. So those are just examples of things that you can pull. Some of them may be imaginary. Some of them are things that you just think about and they make you happy, like ice cream. Um, And some of them are real memories that just bring you pleasure. And those are things that you can keep filed away kind of in those memory banks and that you can pull up. For me, another thing that really helps me to feel calm and when I'm frazzled and overwhelmed, and I've talked about this, I can't remember if I talked about this on a podcast or on a live video or both, but it was recently, I talked about creating a list of like a doing a brain dump of everything in your head and then kind of looking over that and pulling out either the things that are the easiest to, to check off the list real quick, like little things that if you get them done, they'll stop nagging at you, like I need to make a prenatal appointment or something. Um, I need to make a dentist appointment for one of the kids. Like just little things that you can knock out real quick or what will help you kind of solve a bottleneck in your house. So, and when I say a bottleneck, I mean something that you know that if I solve this problem, it will make a big difference. For a lot of mamas, it's like, if I figure out meals, it'll make a big difference. Or if I figure out how to handle the laundry, it'll make a big difference. So anyways, those are things that can really help with oxytocin is either thinking about those things that are really positive or sometimes if if the stress is coming from overwhelm, it's dumping everything out of your brain And then making a plan to start tackling some of that. So it's just not all pinging around there while you feel underwater. And I really do this in my life because that's one of my biggest issues that creates stress for me is I'll like put sticky notes or virtual sticky notes where like I'll be overwhelmed to the point of almost being catatonic because there's so much and I feel so behind. And so I'll take that sticky note and write down like the three things I'm going to do next. And then I'll just check those off. And that really helps me because it takes me from this place of inertia where I can't do anything to to getting there. So that's coming back to our topic. That's what I want you to think about is I want you to think about those things that help create a chemical shift in you. Either they bring you that warm and tingly feeling like ice cream or like me thinking about honor's excitement or you thinking about those cute boxer shorts on your guy or the how angelic your baby looks when they're sleeping Or it's a different feeling for me when I think about doing the brain dump. It's more of a sense of peace and calm and, okay, I've got this. I can do this. So there's a sense of order and calm and peace. Those are all shifting your hormones from that fight or flight, from that overwhelm, from that high blood pressure, from that feeling overwhelmed and tense and stress and, oh, my gosh, to that different state of being. And that's what you want to do when you feel stressed with your baby. And here's the secret. I said I would come back to this, and I really want to impress this upon you, is your baby is going to have stress his or her whole life. So what I want you to take from this is not guilt that your baby experiences stress or that guilt that you have a lot of stress in your life that you have to contend with. And so your baby feels the effects of that and you're a bad mom and all of that. That's not true. The truth is, is that you experience stress 
the person next to you experiences stress. I experienced stress. The mom across from you in your childbirth class experiences stress. The mom on the phone on the mama baby birthing calls with us experiences stress. The other moms in the Facebook group experience stress. And all of our children experience stress. The reality is, is that human beings experience stress in life. Your baby would, will not go through life stress-free. And the reality is, is if your child experienced an absence of stress from when they're in utero, through infancy, through childhood to adulthood, your child would be at a significant disadvantage when they hit adulthood because they're not going to have a stress-free adulthood. So even if you were a perfect parent who was able to perfectly cocoon and protect your baby from all stress, that would actually be a disservice to your child because they would have no coping mechanisms and no ability to handle stress when they got to be an adult. They would just melt down and not be able to handle it. So while we don't want to experience complete chronic stress, we do want to cultivate and, and we do want to cultivate this ability to handle stress and to let go of some chronic stressors if possible. What we really want is to cultivate healthy coping eh, healthy coping mechanisms for stress. Sorry, ladies. You want to cultivate that shift from I feel stressful hormones to that to that complete chemical signature change because what that imprints on your baby, remember your baby is being imprinted right now, is that stress is followed by relaxation. That imprints on your baby on a chemical level that when I experience stress, I then do things to handle stress. And I do want to encourage it in a healthy way. Like I know we have emotional eating and all of that sort of thing that is not necessarily healthy stress responses, smoking, drinking, drugs, all those things. What we're going to, the belief that I'm going to hold for you and for me is that we're going to find healthy ways to deal with stress. Uh, And that as your child feels that, because that's all they do in the womb is they feel, they experience, they are part of it, they are with you. And then as they see you modeling this as a child and also feel it because little children are really in tune with our emotions, even if they're not physically connected to us anymore. But it's still, it's modeling and imprinting and conditioning your child. So, you know, self-regulation can be taught. It can be conditioned. What you're teaching your baby is, Stress happens, but I can do the repair. My mama can do the repair. And my mama helps equip me to be able to do the repair as I grow. You are hardwiring your baby for how to react when he or she comes into the world. What you're teaching your baby is that I don't have to stay stuck. I can do something about this. I can change my chemical signature, my emotional signature. I'm in control of my feelings. My feelings aren't in control of me and other people and circumstances aren't in control of me. I am. Now, routines and rituals, I think, are important because they help hardwire periods of de-stressing and decompressing and mindfulness into your day. And I think that's a real gift to you as a mother is to find a way to cultivate some time where you can do that every day. Um, so things like taking a bath or journaling or just having that time for yourself, a walk with the dog, all kinds of different things, different strokes for different folks for real, but think about things that help you. And I also want to encourage you to think about doing some self-reflection too, like cultivate times when you can do some of this inner work. And, and it's not that you don't have time. It's what do I prioritize time for? And I want to encourage you that even if it's 15 minutes, like for me, my journaling time right now is like 15 minutes in the morning. And sometimes that shrinks to five minutes. 
but I try to do at least five minutes in the morning of journaling where I'm just kind of exploring my beliefs and feelings. I take time each morning to pray. And then each evening I try and take at least five minutes to kind of look back over the day and assess how it went and think about what I'd like to do better or just what I want to do tomorrow. So all in all, total, those time periods don't take too long out of my day, but they're an absolute priority. And I want to encourage you, whatever that looks like for you, whatever practice that looks like for you, I want to encourage you to do that. I also want you to note the ways that you react to situations. And again, this is kind of where... I wanted to give a trigger warning. So for example, if you're touched in a way that you don't want to be touched or you feel uncomfortable, these are some signs that you're feeling stress that I want you to be aware of because some of us, especially if you've had trauma or struggles in your past or even as women, sometimes we're kind of encouraged to just grin and bear it. So this isn't necessarily that I want you to have a complete meltdown, but I want you to be aware and acknowledge that I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling upset. Because that awareness also gives you that implicit permission to say, okay, I can do what I need to do to take care of myself. Maybe not right in this exact moment, but I can take time a little bit later to process through this and think about this. I can take time to think about boundaries and stuff. So some things that you might feel or experience are looking away, looking away from the person that's made you uncomfortable or in a situation where you're uncomfortable, your eyes are not looking at the people or engaging. That's disassociating and that is often a sign of stress, fear, struggle. So that's something to be aware of. Um, Your heart starting to race, breathing rapidly, a feeling of smallness like you're unimportant or you don't matter. That's one that I've really struggled with in the wake of trauma talking a lot or talking too fast, and especially for women talking a lot, talking too fast, having a fake smile, laughing a lot, giggling a lot, those things can really be stress and uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Those are are flags where you should go, oh, you know, kind of check in with yourself and see what you're feeling. What's making you uncomfortable? Uh, Feeling helpless or feeling numb. This is one that I think you especially tend to see in teenagers. They'll do that when they're feeling disconnected, and that's a sign, okay, that there's some stress, there's something going on, a disconnect there, and usually it's something to look at in your relationship, and for you as an, an, an adult woman who's working to create healthy relationships, you might ask yourself if you're feeling that, you know, is this a relationship that is toxic and one that I should separate myself from, or is this a relationship that's worth repair, and if so... You know, you can address that and look into that, sometimes with the support of other people. I'm a big proponent of support of a counselor or somebody to help you kind of work through difficult situations. But anyways, um, a feeling of I've got to get out of here, I need to get away, like you're trapped and you're cornered and, and you just need to get out. That's definitely a fight or flight sign. Pulling away, like not wanting people to touch you. That can, I even notice that with my kids when I'm really overwhelmed, like if one of my kids touches me and like my neurology is wired so that physical touch and that sort of thing are a little difficult anyways, but especially if I'm overwhelmed, like I'll ask my kids, okay, please don't touch mama or sit right next to mama right now because I feel overwhelmed and I just need some space. And that's a healthy request to make because it's your body and it's your space. And I think culturally that's different too in some cultures being really close is is not as overwhelming and in like the United States we're bigger on personal space and so that all of these may differ a little bit culturally but I want you to focus on what you feel for you feeling like you're closing down you're shutting down or you want to disappear or 
be away. So all of those are feelings that you're stressed. So those go along with like really feeling anger or that blood pressure or anything. But those things that I just listed are sometimes more subtle signs of stress or discomfort. And you may even feel those, for example, in your care provider's office, like when they touch you and you don't want to be touched or when they're saying that they're going to do something like, you know, oh, we aren't going to let you go past so-and-so day. I, I cringe at how often that gets posted in the Facebook group. But I want you to start to notice these things in your body and start to acknowledge, oh, you know, that's a stress response. And what can I do, A, to shift out of that? Maybe not right in the moment, but after that moment has passed. And then also, do I need to look back and consider my boundaries and advocating for myself in these situations? Might I need help to advocate for myself? So these are just kind of, again, that self-growth, self-reflection kind of thing. So all of that's really important. Um, I just also wanted to do a little list of things that could help with oxytocin in the moment. Um, You know, maybe following up on a stressful day or something. So these are some things that can help boost oxytocin in humans. Kisses, hugs, cuddling, neck rubs, lovemaking, orgasm, prayer, laughing as in genuine laugh. Not that kind of high-pitched nervous laugh I talked about. Singing. Um, holding babies, holding your baby, cuddling babies, folding baby clothes, thinking about things that you're looking forward to with your baby tend to be big oxytocin boosters, Uh, stroking a pet, walking with your pet, playing with your pet or somebody else's pet, performing a generous act for others. So I think one of the reasons I love being in the kitchen, like today I made my, um, somebody gave me a baguette that they had cut into little rounds and like really tiny rounds. So I used half of it to make French toast rounds for my kids for breakfast and then half of it to make little tiny grilled cheese sandwiches for them for lunch. And I just really enjoyed doing that. I felt really good in the kitchen doing that with their fruit this morning and doing it with their little veggies and things this afternoon. It felt really good. So that's that kindness and generosity to others can often bring a boost of oxytocin in us and that's balanced with like not feeling taken advantage of or that sort of thing but when you genuinely want to help somebody else that can really bring that boost of oxytocin baby animals in fact Karen because she's teaching on things that can be really kind of heavy intense topics because she's talking about you know neonatal resuscitation and that sort of thing like every few slides in her slide presentation in her classes, she has a picture of a baby animal and she has these adorable baby animals of all types, fuzzy ones, scaly ones, cute ones, water ones, land ones, air ones. They're just all adorable. And I think that's really cute and really fun because that, you know, it's just, it's a nice way to say, hey, Take a minute, breathe, look at this animal, go aww, and you feel that surge of oxytocin. So baby animals. And then thinking about these things or thinking about the things that I mentioned earlier in the episode, all of those can help. So also cultivate taking a pause. So again, when you change the situation after a stressful situation, take a pause, ground yourself, feel your body, feel the sensations that you're feeling and then start to breathe and let those go and make that chemical shift. And then also when you're going into a situation that you know is going to be stressful, 
take a minute to pause, to ground yourself, to prepare for that, to remind yourself that it won't last forever and that you can get through it. And also lean on, you know, lean on your support people and know that it's okay to feel feelings and for things to be intense and that you, you know, you can get through it and that you can do it. So all of those are things that are really going to help you as you are pregnant with your baby and as you mother your baby. But the big takeaways that I want you to have are that, yes, stress impacts our baby. And I didn't really go into addressing like how we handle a life that's filled with stress. I touched on this mindfulness and this ability to, to start to look at the world through different eyes. And even if you can't remove the stress, change your responses to it. But I talked a little bit more about the practical kind of triaging in the moment when there's stress. And I believe that if you do that consistently, you will find that you're able to start to shift your outlook on things. It's kind of like I said when I pray, you know, God, please help me to see this differently. Even though I can't change the stress of my course load, I can A, know that I'm about to be done with this degree. And B, know that, you know what, I'm asking for a way to look at this differently. And even if it feels overwhelming, I can do it. And, and there's just this way for me to be able to handle all of this and see it differently. So you can start to do that. But also in the moment, as you start to cultivate those stress responses or those responses to stress that are healthier, those things begin to become habitual and more and more how you handle those things. And then you're able to start to baby step from that triage in the moment to also how can I prepare myself? How can I handle this better? How can I see this better? So it's kind of like you start to learn the skill to help in the moment and then you build on that and expand on that. So remember that parenting begins before birth, but so much of it is mindfulness and working on ourselves. We grow as our babies grow. And that really helps us to create a wonderful environment for our baby where we are conditioning them, where we are teaching them, I can shift this, I can change this. I don't have to stay stuck in stress and in these difficult feelings. I can totally work through this and then even experience life and stress differently because of those healthy habits that I've cultivated. And that's what you're conditioning and teaching your baby. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. If you've got questions about this or you'd like personal help in your pregnancy, you want someone you can chat with or ask questions, I would definitely encourage you to check out my Mama Baby Birthing classes. It's a complete online childbirth class. You can get more information at mamababybirthing.com. That's M-A-M-A babybirthing.com. I'm happy to answer questions via email and just chat with you and help you figure out things that are going on, strategies to handle stress, diet plans, exercise plans, all of that. One of the things that I love about my classes is that they're online and easy for you to access, but also allow you to have access to me so I can give you personalized help because everybody's life and situation and pregnancy are unique. So I would love to have you in Mama Baby Birthing. If you've got any questions about that, shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Otherwise, check it out at mamababybirthing.com, M-A-M-A babybirthing.com. And I will talk to you next week and hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.